It is the 200 level episode 317, Mike Carpenter in the basement after whatever the hell that was at State Farm Center, Illinois losing 80 to 65 to the Indiana Hoosiers and in what was just a bizarre night and a bizarre experience. Sold out crowd, ready to explode and kind of like the first 30 minutes of the Michigan State game, they weren't given many opportunities to do that. This team is an enigma. And that's kind of putting it kindly. I'm not particularly angry right now, though maybe I should be, because if we look at the the simple fact of it, you lost at home by 15 to an Indiana team that is down two starters. And no doubt they were playing desperate, and no doubt they wanted to find their way back into the top half of the Big Ten conversation after a 1-4 and four start. They started that process by beating Wisconsin at home on Saturday and looking pretty good doing it. But they looked even better tonight against an Illinois team that themselves had been looking better. The Big Ten, other than Purdue, it's hard to make any sense of it. I really don't know how many actually good teams there are in this Big Ten. And sometimes I really wonder if Illinois is one of those. They can be good. But what is good? Well, I would imagine it includes some sort of consistency or some semblance of consistency. And while there are a bunch of new pieces on this team, I I still don't think the roller coaster needs to be this extreme. I don't think it has to be. Some of these wounds are self-inflicted. I want to start with Underwood, who I think... You know, when he won four games in a row, you start feeling a little bit better about Brad Underwood. And I overall am a big fan and, and think this is our guy and I think it can work with him. And it has worked as far as climbing out of irrelevancy and finding your way into tournament after tournament. And they probably will still make the tournament this year. Tonight does not dissuade me from that. But why does it have to be this bad? Why did it have to take 26 points by Trace Jackson Davis to even attempt something different defensively? Or why did you only attempt to double-team him once? 35 points for Trace Jackson Davis. Yes, he's good. But it's not like you weren't without size. You don't have Kofi, but you have big enough players to do something, anything, against Trace Jackson Davis. And instead, we get this half-assed whatever the hell that defensive performance was, not just on Trace Jackson Davis, but as a whole. Some scrubs on Indiana, and I'm sorry, I don't think Indiana's that good. I don't, and I'm, I know I'm biased about this, but the lineup they trotted out, the starting lineup includes Miller Kopp, who is the ultimate invisible player. He doesn't do anything. And when he hit a three in the second half, I thought, well, that's probably our cue that we got to go home. And we did. We left earlier than I probably ever have in a line basketball game. We left with five minutes to go. And it was, at that point, what, a 16, 17-point game? You know it's not your night when getting it within 12 is cause for the fans to get pumped up, myself included, thinking you're within 12, it's eight and a half minutes to go, and then you promptly give up two easy baskets to Indiana. I'm sorry, but losing to Trey Galloway and freaking Miller Cop, yes, there's Jalen Hood, Shafino, who was actually kind of quiet tonight, so Illinois did a decent job on him, though foul trouble played a part in that. Trace Jackson Davis was an All-American, there's no doubt. But it's not as if they have a full complement of players either. And they didn't just beat you, they smoked you. I don't understand why it has to be that bad when it's bad. Why can't it not just be an off night, Indiana wins by five? Would have sucked, but would it have been fire and brimstone? And I don't 
I should rephrase, don't mistake this as fire and brimstone. I kind of recognize what this team is, and that's why I'm not breaking remote controls or throwing things at the wall. They are wildly inconsistent, wildly. And when they're good, they're really good. And when they're bad, holy crap, they suck. So what approach can we take as fans? We are in mid-January. This is usually the stretch where Illinois goes on a heater, right? Well, this was anything but that. After a four-game stretch where you did go on a heater. And I think the Michigan State win was objectively very good. That's a strong Michigan State team that beat Rutgers at home tonight, I believe. I'd have to double-check that, but I think I heard that on the radio. And they almost beat Purdue. So that's a good win. There is no doubt. That shows Illinois can be very good, just like the UCLA and Texas games did. But the Penn States and the Missouris and the Northwesterns and now the Indianas of the world. How do we put this together? Let's try to do that tonight. Maybe with your help on the YouTube chat feed. Hello, Justin Carpenter. No relation, but nice to see you. No relation that I know of. Maybe we might find we have a distant relative or something. But before I get too far into this, got to let you know the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com. These guys are the good 16 years that they've been around. So all the way back to when I was in college, they can deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, including a not celebratory, but a sad, somber calzone, which you might want right now to soak away whatever, you know, booze, soak misadventures you had at State Farm Center this evening. Not good, not good, but DPDO, they are good. How's that for a transition? Online at dpdo.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. And it is not too early to get lined up for an AC check, which we already have our scheduled for the spring. And uh, I got to say that these guys, when they came in to do our furnace check back in the fall, absolute experts at what they do. The customer service is second to none. Really enjoy working with these guys and having them as our HVAC company going forward. So that is Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. And you can give them a call today at 217-841-4728. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian is my guy and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Dot com. He's actually going to be with me next Saturday as we do the Illinois-Wisconsin second half podcast. Uh, please don't lose at the Kohl Center. Please don't. You know, they probably will beat Wisconsin on the road. I, I can't figure anything out. That just makes sense to me right now because it doesn't make sense. But Brian will be here. He's my guy, and you might find he's actually pretty good at this second mic thing. Brian is my guy.com. Uh, we have merch, everybody. Can you believe it? We have merch. And I'm going to put the link here in the YouTube feed in case you guys have not had a chance to check out this form. It's a pre-order form, and we're going to put in the order on Monday. So that means up through Sunday, you guys can pre-order the form. Sorry, pre-order the T-shirt. And it's very simple. It's an orange T-shirt, high-quality T-shirt. I made sure of that with our new logo on it. So I'll get that link here in the YouTube feed. And if you are listening to this and interested in pre-ordering one of these t-shirts you can by uh, following the link on my twitter page at fanboy carp or at the 200 level all right youtube feed if you guys want to light it up let me know what you think about it let me know if you were at the game tonight because god dang it i mean the fans so badly want to conjure up that excitement that we are really good at conjuring up and there was just no damn consistency no damn consistency in the game tonight and really in the season at large. But 
what I think is the most frustrating thing is not that you scored 65 points, which is not particularly good, but you gave up 80. You gave up 80 points to this Indiana team. 35 of which was Trace Jackson Davis. So that means that you had what my math would tell me 45 for the other guys, which is about what you would expect. They aren't that great. The supporting cast for Indiana is not that great. And yet you waited and you waited and you waited to force the issue to get the ball out of Trace Jackson Davis's hands. I thought it was a terrible game. Terrible, terrible, terrible for Dane Danger defensively. Offensively still added a little bit. I mean, God, his, feet, his footwork is so good, but it was almost alarming how that lack of height I'm sure that played a part of it, but really just the inability to keep Trace Jackson Davis in front of him at all. That really surprised me. I actually thought coming in that our advantage was that Dane Danger could neutralize or keep Trace Jackson Davis to a paltry, you know, 16 and 8 or something like that. And that was not at all the case. I think I need to start with Matthew Meyer. And I've mentioned before how in this name, image, likeness era, I don't have quite as many qualms with calling out a player. How in the hell, as an NBA wannabe, do you score zero points when you have a matchup advantage like you did tonight against Indiana? On paper, this should have been Matthew Myers' night. It should have been. He is a non-factor. Defensively, non-factor. Offensively, nothing. What is the point? That pisses me off. I will take a freshman laying an egg because guess what? They're a freshman. They're figuring things out. Here is a fifth-year transfer who's basically, I mean, I think literally 24 years old. Wants to be an NBA player, and he scores zero points in a fairly meaningful game. The same egg that he basically laid against Missouri. And I'm going to get to a second the fact that we seem to get our asses kicked by rivals, which is not a problem if you make a run in the NCAA tournament. But if you don't, short of that or winning a Big Ten title, which is not going to happen, and that's okay, or winning the Big Ten tournament, which we've done, and that's fine. I'll take it for sure. But short of that, why must we lose to our rivals by fairly large margins? You make a Sweet 16, I could care less. I really could. But do you trust this team to do that? We know it's a crapshoot anyways, but my God, this team is the ultimate crapshoot. On any given night, we don't know what we're getting from them. So I guess the consistent thing here is that they are wildly inconsistent. And Matthew Meyer is kind of the exemplary player in that regard. He is so good when he's good, and he is completely absent when he's bad. Coleman, he's all over the place. Well, that's we know Coleman is... That's what he is. He's kind of a goof out there. He does play hard. I don't question ever the effort of Coleman Hawkins. I question the decision-making, but I can live more with a Coleman Hawkins than a Matthew Meyer because at least Coleman Hawkins, you know, is operating in 110%. Matthew Meyer is just sort of flailing in the wind. God knows what he's doing. I don't know. He sat most of the second half. So he says the right thing after the Minnesota game or maybe before that about how he spoke out and he shouldn't have back in December. I don't know. Maybe it's actually occurring to me that as frustrated as I can be with Underwood this particular season, I think it's been a very subpar performance on his part, that maybe Matthew Meyer is just kind of annoying, for lack of a better word, because he annoys me. I can only imagine if you're a head coach and you bring this guy in from Baylor who has won a national title and has the pedigree and wants to be in the NBA and this could be his time to shine. What does he do? He lays a complete freaking egg. 
well, he won't be at the press conference tonight because he's not going to be called up to the uh, he's not going to be called up to the podium. Who do you bring to the podium in this game? Terrence Shannon Jr., except for the fact that he shot 50% from the line and left about eight or nine points up there. I like Terrence, but similarly, 12-point game, eight and a half to go, and he is almost the sole reason why Indiana goes on a 4 nothing run. I'm not going to treat these guys with kid gloves when they're 24 and they are NBA wannabes that will play in the league in all likelihood. If all the draft boards are correct, that's fine. They will play in the NBA. I guess that's, it makes sense. They got the skill set. They got the size. I understand that part of it. But NBA teams also want winners that don't completely disappear in games. They do want some intangible factors. Terrence is going to be fine. He'll make a team. He'll have a little bit of a career there. Matthew Meyer? (coughs) When he can disappear to that degree, I, I I don't see it. I don't. And he'll get a look. He will get a cup of coffee in the league at least. But God dang, man. Don't disappear. Give this eight. Eight freaking points. Maybe. I don't understand how you have the matchup advantage and you just suck that bad in a game like this. Now, he could score 20 and maybe you would have still found a way to lose. I mean, you lose by 15. I guess the math doesn't quite work the way I put it out there, but just give us something. Now, there is the other factor here, if we're trying to remain positive. And perhaps that factor is it just wasn't your night. And I can live with that sometimes, but as I mentioned in the introduction, like if it's not your night, okay, lose by five or six. Excuse me, tickle my throat. And... We shake it off, and it sucks, and we wake up tomorrow thinking, ah, dadgummit, we lost the game. But tomorrow I'm going to wake up and just kind of shrug when I'm talking to teachers in the hallway. What was that, Carp? Well, I have no earthly idea what that was because it goes beyond just, oh, they outplayed you or they made a few more shots than you. It goes beyond that. Don't lose by 15 at home to Indiana, ever. I mean, Jesus, in Underwood's first or second year, but we're in year six. So despite all the new pieces on the roster and the fact that we have accepted to a degree that this team is inconsistent, why that bad against an Indiana team down two starters? That I don't understand. Now, if there is a positive here, it's that you can just sort of brush it off, right? You can brush it off and say, well, we got Ohio State on Tuesday, so we'll come right back out, and we will, I honestly think, probably beat Ohio State. If you don't, then you start actually worrying a little bit more long-term this season, and then bubble team status starts kind of coming to the forefront again. You probably beat Ohio State, 50-50 shot up in Wisconsin, <clears throat> win the next two next week, and then I think you're feeling okay. But again, why have to do this song and dance? Figure it out. Pick a lane, guys. Pick a lane. And I I feel a little bit for the freshmen on this team because they're looking up at these veterans like, can you give us something consistent? I mean, Sincere Harris is not an offensive threat. We know that. But he is what he is. We know what Sincere Harris is. Not the best game for Jaden Epps offensively, but we know what he is. I know what the freshmen are. I don't know what the veterans are. How often does this happen? And it's not as if the evaluation process for can these guys that we bring in the transfer portal, name, image, likeness, money, it's not as if that evaluation process was poor because these guys had all done it to some degree before. But the disappearing acts and the complete lack of leadership and the complete lack of vocal leadership, I mean, God, you want to say grow a pair. 
for lack of a better term, you sound like a meatball fan and a total caveman when you do that, but grow up hair. Where's the pride? Honestly, in hindsight, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm getting fed up with losing to freaking Indiana by 15. Greg says that Underwood might have said that Meyer was sick. And Jacob uh, confirms that there. So, okay, well, fine. I don't know. (laughs) Zero points. And maybe that is why he sat down the second half, and that would make some sense. If he's that sick, I apologize for it. But I think the thing is, past context tells us that he's done this before when he wasn't sick. So it's just, oh, well, okay, he was sick. I guess I get it. But it made sense even with even with that context, it makes sense. So, okay. I'm kind of talking in circles here because I'm thinking, well, wait a second. I've seen this. I'm not angry, but I am angry. And I'm still trying to figure out how much should I invest in this team And that, to me, is the most confusing part of this all. Monday night was legitimately fun. Legitimately fun. Terrible Minnesota team, right? We we acknowledge that, but the fact is you went on the road, you absolutely dominated in the second half, and I thought, you take the 10 minutes against Michigan State, you take the 20 minutes against Minnesota, we're building. I thought the time off between Monday and Thursday was perfect. Not too much, not too little. You keep the momentum going, but you're rested up. You start off 4 nothing tonight, and I actually think in that brief two-minute period at the start of the game, you're going to run these guys out of the gym. Mike Woodson calls a timeout, and I, I took my niece tonight. <clears throat> my sister and brother-in-law had to watch one of their kids who was under the weather, and I looked to my niece, and I say, I don't think I've ever seen a coach call a timeout this early in a game. And you could feel the top of the State Farm Center ready to pop off and just turn this into a really celebratory night go five and three in the Big Ten, claim second place, all that stuff, right? And not even with any expectation of winning the Big Ten. I don't think anyone in there thought, oh, we win tonight, we're in the Big Ten race. No, it's just beating Indiana. Really, all that all that it is tonight. Continue to play well, beat an Indiana team that's missing two of their best players. Because Race Thompson had given us fits before. Would have given us fits tonight. Xavier Johnson gave us fits, I believe, in the Big Ten tournament last year. So, Two guys that worried me were not even out there. And Miller Cop, not like he hurt you, four points, because Miller Cop is just a guy. Trey Galloway, he just runs around. Jalen Hood Shafino, what did he finish with? 11, 12 points? You can live with that. And yet you somehow lose by 15. I don't know. I mean, the math works out that way when one guy gets 35, but nonetheless. Just a really weird circumstance. And, and and I do wonder, actually, long-term, if this is what we're going to do every other sellout, it makes it difficult to build the home court advantage that you would like to. Last year, the Iowa game was special. I mean, that's up there, right? The Ohio State game was special because the crowd was so freaking into it, and then um, the comeback fell short we've seen that home court advantage develop and develop pretty quickly back into what it was. But nonetheless, it's difficult to maintain that when you have a team that you just don't know what you're getting. I mean, the Michigan State game, we heard a lot of people, and myself included, say, well, the last 10 minutes, that place was special. It felt like old assembly hall. The first 30 minutes were not. And I had to try to explain to my wife. She's like, why is the crowd like this? And I said, well... We're keeping this team at arm's length because they're not giving us a reason to fully get invested when they look like this as much as they do. So take that 
into next year's team or the year after that. I mean, Underwood, I assume, is going to be here for a while, and I think that's ultimately probably a good thing. But there is this weird thing where as good as things have been, we have not really developed any sort of cloak of invincibility at home at, at all. In fact, I actually like us better on the road. And that's a great great problem to have, I suppose, because most teams hate playing on the road. And Brad Underwood teams love playing on the road. But why can't you develop any consistency on your home court? Or more to the point, why, when you're bad at home, do you just utterly suck? I don't know. I I don't get that. Jacob says, we lost by 15, and we took seven more shots and shot 10 more free throws. Couldn't buy a layup tonight. You know, if you want to fall into, and, I, and Jacob, I'm not saying you're doing this, but if anyone wanted to fall into that just wasn't our night thing, I wouldn't fault you because... In many ways, it just was not our night. But to have seven more shots on uh, attempted and then 10 more free throws attempted and lose by 15, how does that work? It's like, give me the box score blind without the actual score. And I would have said, well, Illinois, I, I would assume would have won this game. Well, I say that actually. I would have seen the field goal percentage and thought, oh, dear God. Because they basically doubled you up with that. They were in the 60s and you were in the 30s. Greg says you cannot trust which Illini team you see. They can win three games in a row in the tourney or lose to a 12 seed by 25 in the first round. Greg, I'm I'm going to detach as much as I can in the tournament. It's, it's second weekend or bust. We all know that. If they don't make a second weekend, then this is just a forgettable season. You know, I was telling my niece on the way back as I dropped her off, I said, you're going to get many Illini basketball seasons in your life. And in my 36 years, I probably remember 30 of them very well. But there's a handful of them. And in the last 15 years, more than most, that just don't really register. They were forgettable. And that this season's trending towards that. But I did tell her the positive thing is that this forgettable season may still result in an NCAA tournament trip. And we didn't have that when she was younger. You know, she's 10. So she was little when the John Gross era was going on. Thank goodness for her. So all she knows, really, as a conscious Illini fan, is from I.O. to now. And that's a pretty good period of basketball. I'm happy to be in this period of basketball. I'm grateful for it. But this particular team of the last four is really on the fast track to being by far the most forgettable. And it's really puzzling because early in the season, I actually thought, oh, boy. We, I think a lot of us did. It was tantalizing. The trip to Vegas and the Texas win made us think, oh, just wait. I mean, this might be that team, despite all the new faces. It might just work out beautifully. And instead, uh, they just have a propensity to lay a stinker more than any of Underwood's teams since they started winning back in 2019-2020. Jacob says, our hope is that we're in the 5-9 seed range, and this is our year that we make that run. You know, it, it it kind of pissed me off last year, Jacob, when UNC is a, what, eight seed? Makes the title game. As if they need another banner for a national runner-up or NCAA Final Four, as if they need one. And now this year, they're just middling. With all the same guys back, they're just a middling. They're going to make the tournament fine. But So yes, w- wouldn't that be it, Jacob, that this team, I think they're looking at 7-8 seed because their inconsistency, I cannot bank on them winning enough to get to a 4-5 line. Six, seven, even. 
So what, you're looking at 8-9 game, possibly playing a one seed to get to a Sweet 16? That's where you're on track for now, not putting yourself in the best position. But then again, I thought the last two years they put themselves in relatively good position. Didn't matter. You know, it's games like this where past failures kind of get dredged up. And I thought, Jesus, if they just would have beat Loyola. And I know that's like, oh, Jesus, Carp, you're going to dredge that up from two years ago. But if you think about it, what is it that is keeping the top on our heads? What is it that's keeping the edge on us? Because the Big Ten title should have alleviated a lot, right? It would have alleviated a lot if you would have won the Big Ten after the year before winning the Big Ten tournament going to a Sweet 16. Would have been disappointed to lose in the Sweet 16, but one seeds lose in the Sweet 16. They don't often lose in the second round, let alone to an, I don't want to say upstart, but a team in the same state, freaking Loyola. I knew when the minute Loyola won, this is going to be the most annoying 48 hours of my life. I just didn't anticipate that it would be that freaking bad that Sunday morning. So yeah, it, it is just the lot of an Illini fan. It is me trying to keep those sorts of... Uh, Woe is me things at arm's length, but it can be difficult to do. It can be really difficult to do. And unfortunately, Underwood's team this year has not given me a whole lot of uh, reasons to do that. And Bailey, uh, I, I want to read this uh, that Bailey just sent in. Is this the least inspiring team of the Underwood era? His early years were bad, but never lacked effort. This team often seems uninspired to me. Maybe wrong, but just a thought. No, I, I agree, Bailey. I Least likable. You, you knew year one they would suck, and they did. Maybe suck more than we thought. I mean, I tried to talk myself into Mark Allstork's going to do this, and Mark Smith is going to be a phenom, and nah. Second year, oh, Io might be a phenom. Well, the second year was actually in some ways worse until you got to February and they won a few games. So you had a little bit of hope for the next season. And I would agree, Bailey, because the first two years I call a wash. So let's, let's take the modern Underwood era from 2019 to now. And I think that's fair. I mean, certainly the most uninspiring. And not to say it's too late for them at all. I mean, they had a four-game win streak before this. And maybe not against the best competition, but they often look good in that stretch. And we've seen them look good earlier this season. We've seen them look good in different incarnations. But we've also seen them look bad in every incarnation. So I... I can't figure it. I cannot figure it. It is uninspiring, though. It is. And kind of exhausting. Because what am I going to do? Come down here and rip up the walls every time they lose by 15? If I did that, I'd probably have three or four more podcasts this year where I'm super pissed off. But why should I act surprised when that happens again? I'm going to enjoy when they win. And I guess I'm just going to try to shrug when they lose. Because until given reasons otherwise i i don't understand why i would uh emotionally invest in this team when it seems sometimes they themselves are not emotionally invested they, they had some bounce to their step when i when they got within 10 at halftime i thought they were winning i we went and saw my parents at halftime and i told my dad we're winning this game I'm like this is gonna be indiana and iowa all over again they're gonna pucker up when we get within a possession or two and we're gonna win this game we get within eight. We score in the first possession of the second half. Ah, we're well on our way. And then Indiana goes up 16. I mean, Jesus, it's just bad. It was a bad night. And unfortunately, we can count the bad nights this year. I mean, what has been the, the most acceptable loss? I would say against Virginia for sure, right? At Maryland, Maryland was hot. You made a valiant comeback. You had a chance to win. Okay, fine. But 
there were some frustrations in that game, but okay, fine. You accept that you're on the road in the Big Ten. So that leaves Penn State, Missouri, Northwestern, and Indiana. You have had four inexcusable efforts this year. And two of them against rivals. Well, three, if you want to count Northwestern. I mean, <laughs> that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing in a way where, you know, I want to be able to puff out my chest a little bit. And I think as Illini fans, we should, given our historic success and the fact that Brad Underwood seemingly has gotten this program back, back on a certain footing, but we cannot puff out our chest when we lose at home to 15 by to this freaking Indiana team. And I don't buy Indiana, and nor should you. I don't buy Mike freaking Woodson. We have lost basically by a combined 40 points to Dennis Gates and Mike Woodson. I'm okay losing to Shrewsbury because I think he's probably an elite basketball mind and he's limited what he can do at Penn State. He is probably not long for college basketball because he's got the NBA pedigree. Fine. I can live with that. Chris Collins. I don't know, man. Like, thanks for the four-game win streak and all, but stop doing this. Stop. Tuesday night, not going to the game. Going to watch it from here. And... Again, they'll probably win the freaking game. They probably will win the game. <laughs> and we'll be happy. And then they'll be 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. And we'll be back at fourth place or something like that. And then Wisconsin, hell, they might win that too. But what if Minnesota comes to town and Jamison Battle and Dawson Garcia, there you go, go off? And they sneak out a win here like they did at Ohio State. I mean, wouldn't that actually kind of make sense for this team? If they can lose on the road to 15 Northwestern, I know that Northwestern's a little bit better than Minnesota, but I'm just saying. It, it, so what that uncertainty does, you could say this, this team is not boring. I will give you that. But eventually the inconsistency, the wild inconsistency, while not boring, is exhausting. Figure it out. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a pretty simple game, right? Defend a guy, keep him in front of you, don't let him score, if you can help it. Well, we couldn't keep guys in front of us. The first half, the reason that you went down by as much as you did in the first half is we couldn't keep not just Trace Jackson Davis, but we couldn't keep Indiana as a whole out of the paint. They got to the rim at will. It was really paltry defensive effort. That pissed me off. I was telling my niece that I don't care that we're struggling on offense. That sucks. It happens. That happens. You can offset that by actually playing good half-court defense, which this team had excelled at for four games, and then tonight they seemingly forgot. I, I can't figure it. So this is really a, a podcast that leaves more questions than answers because this team leaves more questions than answers. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, Greg, make the roller coaster stop. It's going to be a roller coaster for the rest of the year. I hope we can make it two more months to March 19th because that would probably mean that you have a little bit of success and maybe make the second week in the tournament. And yes, I think they make the tournament. I mean, I'm not not going to worry about that just yet, but it doesn't have to be like this. I guess is my that's my thesis today. It does not have to be like this. YouTube feed, any more uh, things that you guys have tonight? I mean, God, I got an early morning with school and... Jared says, I'm glad as a student I didn't waste my time waiting in line for that. I still went to the game, but it was sad. It was sad, Jared. There were quite a few Indiana fans there. And I say say quite a few. There was a handful throughout. They travel. Illinois fans travel. 
And I walk in the stadium. I see a couple of Indiana jerseys. I'm like, I don't hate these guys like Iowa now, but like, just annoying. And they were all nice enough, I'm sure. I had no bad interactions, but just annoying. I don't want to lose to these candy-striped. I don't. I don't. And losing's one thing. It was frustrating enough to lose in the Big Ten tournament last year and give them just enough juice to kind of feel like the Mike Woodson era is underway. Stop being, stop being the catalyst for Indiana to go on to bigger and better things. Remember when Bruce Weber went in there and Tom Crean got a big win at home against one of those completely just mediocre-ass Bruce Weber teams and celebrated like they won the national title? And then two years later, Tom Crean has a one-seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and John Gross beat them with Tyler Griffey's layup, and that's great, but they got the number one seed. They made the Sweet 16. Tom Crean had a few good years there, right? If Mike Woodson goes on to have a few good years there, I don't want to look back on that Big Ten tournament game and say, oh, well, that was what got them rolling because that that would just make me puke in my mouth a little bit. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to lose to Mike freaking Woodson. No offense to him, but it's just frustrating. Jacob says, are we wildly inconsistent because when our veterans, Shannon and Meyer, haven't been through the ringer and set the tone with the freshmen, Io, Trent, and Kofi all set the tone and we don't have that. I'm sure that's part of it, Jacob. I mean, that makes logical sense. You add players to the mix that have not played before, and they're going to have some time to figure each other out. But I don't know. They were all here in the summer, and we are now a full two-plus months in the season, and I, I don't know. Why? You're, you're talented enough, and we see it. They are talented enough to not fall into these depths. I think that is coaching. I do. I th- and, and what I mean by that is maybe the intangible parts of coaching. Schematically, it's not like we weren't getting to the rim, though some of them were contested. Some of them were acrobatic layups. But we were getting to the rim. I don't think there was anything schematically offensively that I really had an issue with. Schematically, defensively, I did. Because how many points does a guy need to score before you finally double him up? It reminds me of a Bears playoff game when I was a freshman in college. We played Carolina. And Steve Smith went for, I think, 240, 250 receiving yards. Lovey refused to double-team him. Refused. And by the time you made any adjustments, it was too late. The game was over. So why? Why, why, not, make the cha- why not be more malleable? And Underwood's been so good at that. When he went to double-team once, yes, they hit a three. Fine. But they didn't hit many threes tonight. And I would venture to say that was not going to hurt you as much as the 35 points that Trace Jackson Davis scored. Because the supporting cast is not that good for Indiana. They aren't. Tamir Bates. Ooh. Miller Cop. Ooh. No. The 35-point scoring All-American center. That's the problem. And we just drug our feet and let him get it going. Maddening. Maddening. Well, guys, I wish I had better news tonight. And I could stay here and piss and moan for another 15 minutes. But I do have to be up fairly soon for school tomorrow. And... Buzzkill. I mean, the thing is, though, it got so bad so early that it was hard to be in it in the first place. So, what did we learn today? Did we learn anything? Well, before you guys dip, I, I do YouTube feed. Want to give one more time? I'm going to put the pre-order form for the T-shirt. Any support for the old podcast is appreciated, and we will have that T-shirt pre-order form up through Sunday evening. So I will place the order Monday and probably have those turned around in a week and a half, two weeks, and then ship them right out to anyone that orders it. Or if you're in Champaign-Urbana, 
I will uh, deliver it if you'd like to your mailbox, and they will include two three by three inch circle glossy vinyl stickers with our new logo as well that you can put on coolers, you can put on your laptop, you can put on your Yeti, whatever you want to do with that. So we have merch and I'm excited for it. They're going to be cool looking t-shirts and appreciate your guys' support with that. Now, before we get out of here, of course, appreciate the support from our sponsors, including DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. These guys are the good. 16 years in, um, in operation on Campus Town, but they also deliver off Campus Town, so order a business lunch or a piping hot hell zone to your doorstep at dpdoe.com. Also, fourth, I about said fourth and Kirby. I'm sorry, guys. Though I love those guys and they were the best. But Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, give them a call today at 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. All right, may take a break until Tuesday. Uh, you know, we're was going to... If we wait until tomorrow, I just kind of want to get this out of the way. I was going to talk about football, which had a great week, keeping Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Seth Coleman, C.J. Hart. The defense, the front seven at least, is back together, and that's a pretty damn good front line for the defense. And I think overall things are looking up for them. So I'm very optimistic about football, despite the way the last parts of that season went. More optimistic. To be honest, oh, God, should should I take that leap? More optimistic about football than basketball long-term? I'm not going to take that leap. Not going to do that. Need more evidence, but I am optimistic for them, no doubt. But yes, uh, if you have not gotten a chance to, we do have a t-shirt available. You can go find my Twitter page, at Fanboy Carper, at the 200 level. And I've pinned a tweet on both accounts with our t-shirt order form. And we've had a great response so far. And we will get those orders in on Monday. So you have up through Sunday evening to get those in. We'll have some available after that too, I think. I'm going to try to get some inventory as well. But hey, why not get a pre-order and make sure you get yours the minute they're available. All right, everybody. uh, Try to get a good night's sleep. I mean, I'm not pissed. Annoyed more than pissed. I don't like losing to rivals and I don't like losing at home and I don't like losing by 15 and I don't like losing to freaking Indiana. But such is life. Sometimes you're disappointed. This team will disappoint us probably a few more times this year. It's just a roller coaster that's kind of exhausting at the moment. And I just hope from now until the end of the season, we have more good times than bad. That's a fairly meager request of this team. And I think they can accomplish that. But tonight gives me pause. All right. We will see you soon. Stay safe. Stay healthy. It is the 200 level. Level.